Coming off their best Halloween season yet, Frightworks just wrapped up their annual haunted holidays. That's coming up on today's show. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the HAN Show, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education, and even events. Links to everything we do are in the show notes. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo? Sign up at gantam.com demo. Frightworks is a 13,000 square foot indoor haunted house in Powell, Tennessee. They celebrated Haunted Christmas on December 9th and 10th and had a record-breaking 2022 season. I went on location to see the Christmas show myself and speak with owner Rob Knowlton. Today, we'll learn about their Haunted Christmas event, their 2022 season, and their free annual pass deal. Here's Rob. My name is Rob Knowlton. I am the owner of Frightworks Haunted House here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Frightworks started in 1999, so we've been doing this for a while, although it started at a much smaller scale, a little charity haunt, and it's grown steadily over the years. We are in our fourth location now. We have about 13,000 square feet, and our attendance has grown steady. Being in Knoxville, there are so many activities Especially in October, you got Boo at the Zoo, and you've yeah. got Dollywood's Illuminites. So you just got the mountains, the fall, the leaves, and everything. You're not really competing against other haunted houses and stuff as much as you're just competing with everything that there is to do in the area. What is the thing that makes you unique when you look at all the entertainment offerings in the area? First of all, I'd like to say what I love about this area is that all the attractions have their own style, their own theme. We really, we have a great relationship with the other haunted houses, and we yeah. promote each other, and we cooperate, we meet together and, and share ideas ideas and stuff, because we really do see ourselves as complementary, as yeah. more than competitive. What I think makes us stand out is just having a passion for this. We, we really want to express ourselves creatively, and we didn't start this to make money, but then we figured out we had to make money if we wanted to keep doing it. So we still have at our heart, though, it's that passion and vision and the creativity. You know, I think back to when I was a kid and my dad took me to Disney World and went to the Haunted Mansion and I buried my head in his shoulder. And as soon as we we're done, I'm like, let's do it again. And he's like six years old. And what I loved about that wasn't so much the scariness as just the mystery and the suspense and the anticipation. And I just, it was such like a thrill ride. And uh, I wanted that to be able to give that to other people, just to be able to share that and be able to be someone to provide that. I do have an appreciation for the whimsy. So I have nothing against blood and gore, but we use it carefully. I also like a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit of, some, we'll put some Easter eggs in, referring to different inspirations, whether it's movies yeah. or stories or whatever. I like that part of a haunt that it just feels in some ways it's it can be thrilling and exciting and scary but it also feels somewhat comforting and familiar in a way and there isn't a single narrative basically what we're doing right now it's a vault 67 containment system we go out and we find all the terrible entities and monsters and creatures bring them back here lock them up I and mean, they're in this containment center but and these different environments are created to keep them yep. more placated to make keep them from being too restless and, uh, of course, we allow people to come in and tour that, and nothing could possibly go wrong. 
Of course, nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We're here recording this in December because you are opening for Christmas. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the Christmas event overall, and then we'll get into the details. The Christmas event we started several years ago, it was mainly just an excuse to get together with the crew, mm -hmm. some fun, mm -hmm. and we're trying to grow that. And one thing that we try to do, because our attendance is obviously much lower for the Christmas event than Halloween, we have a little more flexibility to explore other things, try different ways to, to you know, the crowd through and to interact with them. And what we're doing right now, we've had done for the last couple of years, is called Scary Stories for the Season. And we have storytellers. So, for example, the group will come in, they'll have a storyteller welcome them, they'll tell them a little story, and then they'll release them. And then they go through that zone and experience the elements from that story. Yeah. We get lots of comments on how they like that they get to spend more time in the scene and mm -hmm. appreciate the detail. And of course, the interactivity with a storyteller is a whole different thing. And they don't feel rushed like you they can sometimes in the heat of October. So I'm hoping we can keep doing that, but it is getting more popular and it's getting harder and harder yes. because it does go at a slower pace than the normal queue would. When the storytellers are talking to people, what are the moments that they're taking them through? The first story is actually, we, we tied it into our Vault 67. There's a reason why we have scary stories in the, the depths of winter. Telling the scary stories and making people afraid and producing that fear keeps the bad things away. It keeps them satisfied, so to speak. And so since we are a containment facility full of bad things, what better way to keep them contain than to have people come in and experience scary stories and keep them happy, let them feed off that fear. Then we send them in and they come to their first area where they get their first story, which is actually this room. This is our, called our spirit parlor. And uh, here they'll meet an elderly gentleman who's going to tell the story. He's old and wise and knows many things about Christmas and the holidays. And he's going to tell you the rules of Christmas. So apparently some of the things we do that seem nice and innocent actually have a much darker origin and reason why they're done. You just say you better not forget to put out milk and cookies or Santa. <laughs> um, and of course, if they were to happen to break one of those rules while they're in here, who knows what could happen to them in the additional rooms. We also have a story about a, a witch whose family was burned at the stake when she was, uh, was very young, and she's now seeking her revenge. She's been gathering the spirits of, of souls that have wandered into her realm and placing them in inside little Christmas ornaments. And once she has enough power, her plan is to summon forth a beast from hell to wreak her vengeance upon the village. And then the last one is a little over the top fun. It's a little bit, it's a little bit nightmare before Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's basically Santa versus the Pumpkin King. Mm -hmm. They're battling over control of Christmas. And uh, we got the elves fighting the pumpkin heads and the scarecrows. And it's, it's a little lighthearted and fun and hopefully people enjoy that. I'm General Kane Candy. Uh-huh. Welcome to the war on Christmas. Thank you. That damn pumpkin king. He's breached into Christmas town. He's trying to steal the joy, the happiness that Christmas brings. He's gained territory on us. He's corrupted elves. We're in dire straits. And I just heard that Santa Claus went on a recon mission earlier today. We haven't heard from him. So as a new recruit, it's your job to go in behind enemy lines covertly and save Santa. Okay. If you don't do this, if Santa gets corrupted, Christmas dies as we know it. You don't want that to happen. It'll be a sad day. Sad indeed. So, in behind enemy lines you go. Can I get a jingle bells? Jingle bells. A little more enthusiasm. Jingle soldiers. bells! 
Jingle bells! Jingle bells! All right, into the Halloween dimension you go, down this hall, and may Santa be with you. Tell me about why you're continuing to do the Christmas event and how it works. So like I said, it started out, it was really just an opportunity for us to get back together. And we've never really had any problem staffing it because everyone's still riding that energy from October. But we are trying to make it more of a financial success. We seem to be moving in that direction. We're getting more and more people. But do you find that it interferes at all with your setup? Somewhat. I'm sure any haunt person knows you come off October and you're yeah. exhausted, but you're also like all these ideas yeah. for next year. And you just and want, you to, want to get started. Want right get started. Away. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like, no, wait, we got to do the Christmas show first. We got to mess anything up. We can't start tearing things out. So it does cause a delay, but I think it's a good thing. I'm glad that we can have fun with this, enjoy the holidays. We also have a Valentine's Day haunt that I've drawn the line there. So people say, why don't we do this in yeah. for later? Or we do something in the summer. You got to draw that line somewhere. Yeah. And we get done with February, we have a few weeks to really brainstorm and think. And then when it starts warming up in the spring, then we can jump into it. So I really like the whole storytelling element because that yeah. actually is a tradition of Christmas. Yeah. It's not maybe as exercised like it used to be. Even the song says, you know, scary ghost stories. We're just trying to remind people that this is a traditional way to spend the holidays. And, yeah. and like I said, we do try to infuse more humor and stuff. So I think, yeah. I think people are reacting well to it. This past several years have been very challenging. What, what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for you in 2023? I actually feel really good about 2023. We have worked really hard, like the last three years, putting money and time into the haunt, trying to get it to the next level. Yeah. And I really feel like we're there. We're at a point now where we're ready to like now launch off of that new platform that we've built. We rent our space, and I would much rather put that money toward a mortgage. So we're trying to save up a decent down payment so that we could buy or build our own building and have that control over that element too. Are you looking at the model of increasing your throughput, or are you thinking of adding in more auxiliary revenue? Anything you try to take on, you have to compare it back to the main event. Yeah. And nothing compares <laughs> to the main event as far as income. Yep. And I know sometimes some of the crew will get frustrated. Like, hey, we really need to work on this. Let's put in, let's put in a mini escape room. And it'll be like, oh, that's great if we have time because you, your priority has to be the main moneymaker. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to give attention to those extra things. If you were going to design the space from scratch, knowing what you know now, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> that's a frustration I know for a lot of haunt owners is you have this amazing space how can you make money in the off season? We turned our asylum into an escape room. And it was awesome because we did the whole asylum. So it wasn't like one or two rooms. They had seven rooms they went into. Yeah, we saw it. It was a long, and, I was surprised at how large it was. And we had actors that interga and engaged yeah. with them. And people absolutely loved it. We had wonderful reviews. We were the highest rated in all of East Tennessee. But and being in Powell, in Knoxville, and not being like in Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg, yeah. we just didn't have that tourist Okay. walk by or drive by and we just we were like we were doing good just to break even just, location uh, didn't work then it was really a location issue yeah. i was okay. very proud of the escape rooms we did i just think if we ever yeah. did it again we would have to have a location yeah. with much more public would be seen by more people the haunted house that's not an issue because a haunted house is a destination i think it really needs to be in a different location for how did you do this last season last year was our biggest year ever 
2021 was our biggest year ever. And 2022 came and we're like, man, I just said, I, we're like, we're not going to beat it. Yeah. People were getting out of the pandemic. Everybody wanted to get out. We're never going to, we're not going to match that again. The very last night we were like, oh man, we might actually beat it. We beat last, the year before number by 22 oh, people. Really? Wow. <laughs> so okay. we did as much slightly more than we did the year before. And we did have a price increase yeah. that made financially even better, which I was really nervous about. That is that. incredible. I didn't want to yeah. be like just complaining about inflation, prices going up. And it's like, I didn't want to be part of that. But then it was like, man, but everything is going up. I mean, all of our yeah. costs are going up. Yeah. So we finally said, okay, we're going to have to raise prices a little bit. And how, do, and you do season passes? Is that, yes. I think? This was something we tried. We started about three or four years ago, and it's actually worked out really well. And I've not heard of anyone else doing this. So this might be something the industry might be interested in, but... We, about four years ago, three or four years ago, we decided that on opening night, we opened the last Saturday of September, that anyone that came and bought a ticket, we would automatically upgrade them to a season pass. Oh. And it was one of those like secret menu things. We didn't advertise it. It just, you came and say, hey, guess what? We're giving away these season passes tonight. And they're like, wow, that's awesome. So we started giving them season passes. And what happened is, they loved it and they would come back every weekend and, and they bring, bring their a friends. new group of people every yep. weekend because they wanted to show off because like, this is their haunt now. Yep. I can go whenever I want. And they wanted to show that off and they brought people down. It's really getting, like people are starting to spread word of mouth now. So our opening night is actually one of our biggest nights now where usually it used to be very small. It's becoming a big night because people are hearing that and we're going to we're gonna have to cut it off at a number. Like we, we can only give away so many season passes. Yeah. But people use them and they love them. And we still sell some too during the season. But giving those ones away actually make I'm surprised how many people utilize those yeah. and how many people they bring with them. One thing, one thing I just thought of I could share that we're doing. I know that it's a really big topic right now about ticket sales, online ticket sales. Yes. And how the ticket companies charge so many service fees. They're yeah. such large service. Even the ones that are dedicated to the haunt industry have service fees. Yeah. But we basically do our ticket sales online through WooCommerce and a plugin called Foo Events. Interesting. And it lets us sell tickets. They come in, you can scan them. It basically has all the functionality you'd want. And but instead of paying a service fee for every ticket, you pay like a just a yearly fee for the plugin, which I think is like 50, 60 bucks, something like that. And so we use those plugins and WooCommerce and we sell them and it works fine for us. And so if anyone's out there trying yeah. to find a way around those, it is possible. Today's episode was edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. Support for today's episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Dark Hour to Netherworld, Super Mario Land to Hagrid's Bike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com slash demo. That's gantam.com slash demo. The HAN team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Luis Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.